0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're here to serve you in any way that we can. For more information about our resources or our church, you can check out hope at crossroads.org. Online, you can find access to other resources like devotionals and study books. Thanks again for joining us. And now let's start this week's message.
1: Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. Ensemble. So good to be with you today. God is good. All the time. Amen. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to uh, the book of Daniel as we continue our series today in Daniel chapter 6. It's where we are uh, going to be uh, hanging out today uh, in the Word. And so, um, but I want to thank you uh, for, as a church, uh, what, what an awesome opportunity we got to see uh, young Logan uh, take that next step in believer's baptism. And I would encourage you, uh, anyone here today, that uh, young or old, uh, if you've made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ but haven't yet taken that next step in believer's baptism, we would love to talk to you about that And to prepare uh, for you to be baptized as well. So, but today, I want you to, as we begin in uh, Daniel chapter 6, I want you to think about someone uh, who you would say is faithful. Someone who you would say is faithful. And ask yourself, what is it that makes you think of them when you consider the word faithful? Because people who are faithful display faithfulness. They end up being people we admire and respect. People who are faithful and display faithfulness are people that we admire and respect. There's not many people that uh, I would say that we would think about when we think of the word faithfulness, when we think of word, the word faithful, uh, being people that, that we don't admire or respect uh, because of the way that they live their life. All throughout the Bible, we see God's faithfulness displayed for the Israelites throughout the Old Testament. And into the New Testament, we see God's faithfulness on display for us. And even when the Israelites were not being faithful, when they were unfaithful, time and time again, we still see the faithfulness of God. I love the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Thank you, Stephen, for... um, Using that, and it was almost as if uh, you knew what we were going to be talking about today. Uh, so, uh, but we see the faithfulness of God, and in our series here in the Book of Daniel, we see, uh, have seen the faithfulness of Daniel and his three friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were taken into captivity and brought into Babylon. We see the faithfulness of them. In chapter 3, just several weeks ago, we saw that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego displayed their faithfulness to God, despite what the king had said. Despite the king, Nebuchadnezzar, who had uh, created this big, huge, golden image, and they were told that uh, when they hear the music, that everyone in the kingdom was to bow down. But yet they displayed their faithfulness to God, rather than the king when they would not bow down to the golden image that he had set up, even if it meant being thrown in the fiery furnace. And today, we're going to look at Daniel's dilemma in chapter 6, the dilemma that he faced and how he responded to it. And so... Uh, As is already on the screen, uh, when we think about faithfulness, I want to think about this this definition of faithfulness. Faithfulness is a quality that makes a person trustworthy or reliable. A quality that makes a person trustworthy or reliable. So if you will, let's go to Daniel chapter 6 and we will start reading in verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom and over them three high officials of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account so that the king should not suffer loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because of an excellent spirit that was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then these high officials and satraps sought to find ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could not find any ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful. There was no error or fault that was found in him. Then these men said to Each other. We shall not find any ground or complaint against Daniel unless we find it in connection to the law of his God. Then these officials and satraps, by agreement, came to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors, are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce the injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast in the den of lions. Now, O king, establish this injunction and sign the document so it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked, and therefore, King Darius signed the document and injection. We're going to stop right there. Uh, there are several things that we're going to unpack today um, that we see throughout the chapter 6 of the book of Daniel. And the first one is this, that we see in verse 2 and 3. is We see the platform that God gave Daniel. In these early verses, now we see, we know that Darius has come on the scene uh, because uh, Belshazzar has been killed, and uh, Darius, uh, being 62 years of age, that we read at the end of chapter 5, has taking, taken over here. And so he appoints 120 leaders to help him govern the kingdom. Of these 120, The 120 to help him govern because he knows that the kingdom is so large and all that he can't do it on his own. So he has others to come along and to help him make sure that things are going smoothly. On top of the 120 of those satraps, he also put three high officials in place to where these 120 satraps must give an account to them. Of those three, Daniel was one of those. Now, when we were first introduced to Daniel in Daniel chapter 1, Daniel was just a teenager. When he was, uh, along with his friends and some other young Jewish boys, were brought uh, by Nebuchadnezzar and all to Babylon, indoctrinated, and we we know that... uh, Daniel and his friends and all continue to show their faithfulness and display their faithfulness to God. But here in Daniel chapter 6, Daniel is, you've got to think, a lot of time has passed. Daniel is now in his 80s, but yet his faithfulness to God is still on display and still evident to all those that know him and that, that know about him. It is that faithfulness that he was known for. He was known for his wisdom, which is a big reason that he was put in that position by King Darius. Darius, understanding and knowing about Daniel, puts him in that position because Darius knows that if he puts Daniel in this position, and all that things are going to be uh, taken care of, because Daniel was known for his honesty and his wisdom throughout the kingdom. So why wouldn't he put someone in charge and all that's going to actually benefit him? Because that's what leaders do, right? Daniel was put in that position by Darius. But of course, we know and we understand as believers in Christ that it was actually God who gave him the platform as the administrator, as one of the high officials. But it's also important to understand that this was not just a one-time decision. Daniel just didn't happen to be in this position because he was faithful to God in just this one moment. It goes farther back. Because we understand, if we go back to Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, that the decisions that Daniel made throughout his life had prepared him for the platform that God gives him now. Remember in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. And he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. It started way back. He's in his 80s now. But the reason that he is where he is is because his faithfulness to God and the decisions that he made dealt with his faithfulness to God way back when he was a teenager. And you have to ask our, we have to ask ourselves, I want you to think about the decisions that you made as a young person and all that allowed you to be where you are now. Now, for some of us, some of those decisions and all came with some hard times. But many of us are in those this situation and we're in that place that God has given us a platform at our job in our families, in our community based off of the decisions that we made long ago as our church and as our families nurtured that faith that we had in God. And it was no different for Daniel because like I said, the decisions that Daniel made throughout his life prepared him for the platform that God had given him here in chapter 6. In his 80s, Can I remind us that God can still use us no matter what our age is if we are faithful to him and willing to be used by him. We may retire from a job, we may retire from a career, but we don't retire from our faith. And I think it's it's important that we understand that as believers in Christ. You say there, there are people that they get to that point where they feel like, "Well, you know I've already done my time, I 'm going to let somebody else do it. Why would you allow someone else to receive the blessing that God wants to put in, give you in your life by continuing to serve him? You say, "Well, I'm a senior daughter, I, I really don't I don't have you know the energy to." give to the young people anymore. I don't have, uh, you know, what it takes. I can't connect with them. Can I tell you this from the bottom of my heart? They don't need your energy. What they need is your time. They don't need your energy. They need your love. What They don't, they don't need your energy. They need your wisdom. So, I'm telling you, we've got young men and young women who are just longing for that. Say, I don't have the energy. No, but you've got the wisdom that they need to help them to make the decisions today. That's why it's a team. That's why I have young adults like Sam and Macy and Stephen. That have tons of energy uh, at all to help us uh, to take care of those times when uh, they want to just run around and uh, and have and you need a bunch of energy. That's why uh, we're a team. Where their strength is energy and just willingness to be faithful, and how you, they don't yet have the wisdom that that many of you have and all uh, that can benefit our young people, benefit our young adults. Because you've been there, you've done that. They can learn from you, from your successes, from your failures. We see the platform that God gave Daniel. Secondly, we see the leader's plot and plan. It says that Daniel became distinguished among all the high officials and satraps, uh, because of his excellent spirit. So much that the king planned to set him over the kingdom as a whole. We see the leaders plot and plan. The leaders, it didn't sit well with the leaders that Daniel was going to be over the whole kingdom. Why? For many of them, it was a financial thing. Because they had to give account to Daniel. And the other high officials. And they knew that they, they couldn't get away with certain things that they might get away with others if Daniel was set above the whole kingdom. He's set in charge of the whole kingdom. They were obviously upset or jealous about Darius' plan to promote Daniel, so they began to look for ways to discredit Daniel and to bring a complaint against Daniel and Darius. How many of you have been in situations where you've been faithful at your job? You've been faithful in the community. You've been faithful in other positions that God has given you so much that people didn't like you uh, and they wanted to discredit you because of your faithfulness to God? That's really what it was. They didn't like what King Darius wanted to do, so they planned to discredit Daniel. They, they planned to bring complaint against Daniel to Darius. And they tried, and they looked, and they tried, and they looked. It's, the Bible says that they sought for ways in, to bring a complaint against Daniel. And the more that they sought, ways that they sought, the more ways that they realized that there wasn't anything that they could bring to the king. They continued to plot, though. They tried to find ways to complain about Daniel, but they couldn't find anything when it came to Daniel's leadership. As hard as they tried to look for something, they were unsuccessful. They were coming up empty, so they thought, well, there's only one thing that we can say about Daniel. There's only one thing where we see an, an open door so we can discredit Daniel before the king and that was in his faith that was in his faith remember they said that they tried and they couldn't verse 5 says these men said we shall not find any complaint against daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his god Daniel's faithfulness to God was so evident to those around him that they realized that the only way that they could bring a complaint or wrongdoing about Daniel to the king was if they attacked him based off of his faith. How many of us in the room today could say, they can come at me all they want. How many of you would say the way that, they could, that I could be attacked is because of my faith. Because of my faithfulness to God. It's the only way that they could find a way to attack him. And it was based upon his faith and his faithfulness to God. So they conspired together a plan to go to King Darius, and we, as we've read already. And they said... They persuaded the king, they, they kind of went at the angle of let's persuade the king to do something based off of his ego and his pride. Because we know that a lot of leaders, a lot of kings, and all are very prideful because of their position. They, they've forgotten somewhere down the line, leaders uh, have forgotten about the position that God has placed them in. And that it's God that's placed them there and not not themselves. So they conspired to go to King Darius and persuade him to make this ordinance that would prevent anyone in the kingdom from making petition or worshipping anyone or anything other than Darius for the next 30 days. And the punishment for anyone who displayed, disobeyed the ordinance when they that King Darius had set, was to be thrown in the fire, in the the lion's den. What we realize from this is that faithfulness doesn't prevent us or remove conflict from our lives. Just because we do the right things based upon the Word of God doesn't make us immune from conflict. It doesn't remove that... From our lives. And Daniel was about to find this out. Very soon. Let's pick up in verse 10. When Daniel knew. I love this. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed. He went to the house. Where he had. He had windows in the upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. Then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes petition to any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. The king said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, one of, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays you no attention, O king, or the injunction that you've signed, but makes his petition three times a day. The third thing that we see in this passage is uh, we see that Daniel's, Uh, Daniel's prayer and praise to God. The king's ordinance had been signed. It was put in place. Daniel knew that it had been put in place, yet it didn't change his daily routine when it came to spending time with his God. The king's ordinance didn't change Daniel's routine. Daniel knew the document had been signed, and he still went and prayed. Why? Because his commitment and faithfulness to God was more important than his commitment and faithfulness to the king. We have to ask ourselves today, if conflict arises in our lives, Will we compromise our faith in God and to God in order to be obedient to another supervisor at work to another person that is in front of us? Daniel's routine didn't change. It's been said by many people that we stand the tallest when we're on our knees. Daniel knew the power of going to the Lord in prayer. Daniel knew the power of spending time with God, honoring God and giving thanks to him. And there was not an ordinance, there wasn't an injunction or a law that the king could make that was going to stop Daniel from being faithful to his God. You've got to think about the officials, about these, these other leaders who have, in, on the surface, it looks like, hey, we have finally got to this point. We're going to get rid of this guy. We're going to get rid of Daniel, and we're going to start enjoying the things that we want to enjoy as leaders. We're going we're gonna to cheat people out of Money. We're going to cheat people out of things because of our position. So they go before the king. And they even, in verse 13, listen to this. Then they answer and said before him, Daniel. They didn't, they didn't mention Daniel as one of them. One of the officials, one of the leaders among them. What they mentioned was Daniel one of the exiles from Judah. In other words, they tried to bring his past and who he, who he was, throw him under the bus and, all and say, King, and all, this is one of those exiles from Judah. He's not one of us. And, all, and he has gone and disobeyed you. Even though you've made this law. When it came down to it, and all their true colors started to show. Because while Daniel was around them, they may have acted like he was one of them. But when it didn't suit them, they made sure that the king understood, you know, one of those exiles. Daniel, the one that you've placed, he's not one of us really. And he is not paying any attention to you. And he makes his petition three times a day. Daniel's prayer and praise to God was evident. How many of us would be willing to say, Man, I don't care what happens in this nation, what laws come up against us, but if it goes against my faith, I'm going to stand with God. Because it is God who ordains my steps, the scripture says. He goes on, and we see the fourth thing that we see after we see Daniel's prayer and praise is we see Daniel's predicament. The king. In verse 14, the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, No, O king, this is the law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of the Lord's. That nothing be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversion was brought to him and sleep fled from him. The leader saw Daniel praying to God. So they went to the king and they told him about Daniel's actions. And although the king in his heart didn't want to to put Daniel in the lion's den, he was duped by the leaders. He was set up and all to, to a point where he had there was nothing that he could do from the law but give in. To what he had signed. Darius didn't want to punish Daniel. But he was pushed by other leaders to fulfill the ordinance that he had signed. Daniel was brought. He was thrown in the lion's den and all. But look what King said. He said, Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. He still held held out hope and all for Daniel he was still hoping that Daniel's God, the God of the universe, the God of all creation that Daniel served would somehow miraculously spare Daniel's life. He was thrown into the lion's den. And Daniel's faithfulness to God was obviously noticed by the king. Our question that we ask today is this. Do the people around us on a daily basis recognize and notice our faithfulness to God? By the way that we communicate, by the way that we live our lives, by the way we treat other people, by the things we say, by the things that we do, do people around us on a daily basis recognize and notice our faithfulness to God? Because it was obvious, even though King Darius didn't want to do what he had to do, he noticed Daniel's faithfulness. And he prayed that Daniel's God would deliver him. So Daniel's in the lion's den. The stone's been rolled over. The signet ring has sealed it. And the king is left to wait. He goes back to his palace, the Bible says. And he sleeps not once. Because even in the midst of this, God is working on the king's heart. And he didn't eat, he fasted, and he didn't sleep. Daniel's in a predicament. He's in in student ministry terms, Daniel's basically locked in with the lions for the night. He has his own personal lock in with the lions in the den. Those of you that don't know what a lock-in is, um, it is, in student ministry terms, it is a night where uh, we stay up all night, and literally stay up, and and we do a lot of activities, we have a lot of time together, we we have worship, and then we have a lot of games and things like that, and we play this this game called Underground Church, and we um, till the wee mornings of the night, and not one person sleeps. Uh, many of you in here have been part of that. Um, many of you uh, leaders uh, have been part of that. You understand what it is for a lock in uh, and also and there is no sleep daniel daniel didn 't ask for this lock in with the lions, but he got it and during this lock in, as we may call it. In verses 19 through 22, we see God's power and protection for Daniel. Then at the break of the day, the king arose and went, to haste to, went in haste to the den of the lions. And he came near the den where Daniel was. He cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you continually serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? And Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent an angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him, and not only him, but also before you, O king. I have done no harm. And the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be brought out of the lion's den. That whole night that Daniel was in there with these lions who had been captured, was not harmed not once why because as god ordains and directs the steps of man he also is in power of all his creation and that included these lions in the den daniel enjoyed god's protection from the lions through the night and we see god's power displayed when it says that he was he shut the lions mouth when daniel was in there Daniel's predicament was he was in the lion's den. But Daniel trusted that God would protect him in the lion's den. And one thing was certain, that Daniel was going to remain faithful to God, whether it meant life or death. You see, we have the opportunity because we know the story from beginning to end. Daniel, when he was thrown into the lion's den, had no idea what was going to happen. But yet... He allowed himself to be thrown there because he was not going to compromise his faith in God. How many of us are willing to say, you know, there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that anyone can do that's going to compromise my faith in God because I trust him with my life more than I trust anyone else. Think about your life, guys. Think about your life up to this point the times, the moments, the heartaches where you've had to make that decision, will you put your trust in God in this situation? In the death of a loved one, will you trust God to bring you through this, to help you through this? If you're a student, when you're having a tough time at school, whether it's with another classmate or it's just with a class, Are you trusting God to help you through that, through that moment, through that season? Daniel trusted God, God's power, and God protected him. In the last few verses of Daniel, we see the impact that Daniel's faithfulness had on others. The king was glad to see Daniel protected those other leaders. If you read Uh, continue to read through those verses, Uh, those other leaders that kind of brought the complaint against Daniel, who kind of set him up, they reaped what they sowed. Because as the king brought Daniel out of the lion's den, he put them in there. And newsflash, the lion's mouth was not shut any longer. And honestly, if you read through those verses, we see that not only did their actions affect them, but it also affected their family. The Bible says that before their bodies even hit the ground, the lions had crushed them. The impact that Daniel's faithfulness had on others. They reaped what they sowed. And the king... Not only was he glad, but he also made a decree that all peoples of the kingdom was to worship and revere Daniel's God. And he even says this, I love this. Verse 26. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall not be destroyed. His dominion shall, not, shall be to no end. He delivers and rescues. He works in signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. Daniel's faithfulness didn't prevent him from conflict in his life. But his trust in God in the midst of that conflict impacted those around him. So one of my questions today for us is this. Is that do we have an impact on others around us because our faithfulness to God? Do we have an impact on others around us because of our faithfulness to each other? Because of what God's done? Daniel was faithful. It started back when he was... He was a teenager. It continued into his 80s. If we could use one word other than faithfulness, when it comes to Daniel, it would be consistent. See, Daniel's time with God was important to him. And that was part of his routine, was spending time with God each and every day. I tell our young people all the time is that if you will be disciplined in your quiet time, in your time along with God in prayer, if you will be disciplined in just allowing God to use you, using your gifts now, if you will even allow God and trust with what little you have financially to make sure that you learn the discipline of tithing, and giving. You will continue to do that throughout your life. Why? Because the precedent has been set. So as we close, I ask you this. We've, we've talked about and asked the question, do we have an impact on others around us based off of our faithfulness to God? Now I ask you this, think about that one way that you can have an impact on others around you this week. What kind of plan will you have to help you fulfill that? That one way, just think, don't think of a bunch of ways, just think of one way. That you can have an impact on others this week for the glory of God. And decide what you're going to do and what your plan's going to be to fulfill that this week. Daniel didn't display his faithfulness so he could get a pat on the back. Daniel didn't display his faithfulness so we could, thousands of years later, so we could be talking about this. That wasn't, that wasn't in his... Uh, That wasn't even in his thought. His thought was, I want to be faithful to God in life or in death. And I'm going to allow God to do whatever he wants to with my life. The result of that is that God protected him in the lion's den. He miraculously shut the lion's mouth while he was in there the impact that he had on those around him, including the king at that time and those around him. And it, his impact caused the king to make a decree, to make a law where other people would worship God. Daniel's God. What if each and every one of us in this room today made the decision that I'm going to be faithful to God and I'm going to to trust God with my life in such a way that in life or death I want God's glory to be revealed to others. And I want them to understand that there is no one like our God. (laughs) Great is thy faithfulness. Great is our faithfulness. As God has been faithful, may we be faithful to him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that we find in it. We thank you for the application that we can see. The examples that we can follow in a way that would bring honor to you and it would be for our joy and others good Father I pray for that person today who may be struggling with finding their purpose in life Lord may they start with just simply being faithful and displaying faithfulness in their life to those around them Father, I pray for that person today that is struggling with past, thinking that their past is too great for God to save them. God, I pray that they would would find and they would see the power of God in salvation today, that there's nothing that's keeping them. There's nothing that's keeping God from loving them. There's nothing from them receiving and accepting the gift of Jesus Christ. God, we love you because you first loved us. And may we be faithful as you're faithful to us. In your name we pray, amen. Today, as we have this time of response, maybe, maybe it started at the beginning of the service with Logan's, a step of obedience and faithfulness to God and say, I want to take this next step in believer's baptism. Maybe that's the decision that you need to make. Maybe there's someone here today that has, you've grown up in church, much like many of us, but you realize that you never have come to the point where you've given your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. And you want to be saved today. Can I tell you, God wants to save you. If you'll just receive his free gift. It's simple. It is simple. We would love to talk to you about that. And as uh, the music plays, as Stephen leads, I'm going to ask Pastor Jack to stand up here. And uh, we're here to greet anyone for any decision that needs to be made. The altar is open. uh, If you need just to come and pray, simply like Daniel did, get on your knees and pray to God and, and praise him for his faithfulness and thank him for all that he's doing in your life. But you do exactly what the Holy Spirit's leading you to do. That's all we ask. So, everyone, stand.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're so glad that you joined us for the message today. If Pastor Jack or any of our team can serve you, please reach out to us. You can send us an email at jack at hope at crossroads.org or by visiting our website. We would be most grateful to know where you are listening because we have people all over the world listening to our podcast. You can send us a message through our website. We would appreciate your prayers for us as we are in the midst of a building campaign to reach more children and families in our local community in Greenville County, South Carolina. If you would like to help, you can always make your gift online at our website, hope at crossroads.org. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads.